What's going on guys? Back for another pod here. Cover six flex. And we're basically just gonna go over some of the news and notes uh from free agency. Um there's a lot that, that has happened and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go into it including like the Deshaun Watson allegations. There's an update on that. Um but first I'm gonna talk about the NFL signing the media deal that's worth $100 billion. Pretty insane. Um, they signed new media rights with CBS, NBC, Fox, ESPN, and Amazon. Worth $110 billion over 11 years, which doubled the value of its previous contracts. That'll take effect in 2023 and run through 2033. Um, it says the NFL is poised to recoup more than recouped to roughly $4 billion in losses wrought by not having maximum capacity attendance at games in 2020. Um, talks about the agreements between each network, the money that they'll get. Um, look, we all know uh, that the NFL is by far the biggest or one of the biggest uh, companies in the world. And it's always going to be that way i i feel like because entertainment is is no matter what anybody says the the most important thing to to humans i think uh, entertainment and having fun so this shows that you know i always talk to people about uh things like this where they think that you know the nfl is, is was just like every other sport it's not you know because as you can see even with no attendance they're still gonna make more more than enough money so it is with excuse me billionaire owners man billionaire owners for the patriots they have really been making some moves um you got to give them credit um they have been just <laughs> basically signing and signing and signing and signing and signing uh, give them a ton of credit for it uh, you know this is a team look they're they're used to winning and I I, I, I like the fact that that they are doing this because there's a tradition of excellence and everybody thinks that it's all because of Tom Brady. And that's, first of all, that's not even close to the truth. You know, I, I love how people make excuses for elite quarterbacks when they lose. Oh, it's a team game. Oh, it's a team game. But when that quarterback wins, all of a sudden he was the reason that they won the whole thing. He was the reason that they got to the big game. But when they lose, like Patrick Mahomes did, when they get absolutely man-shackled, beat all the way down, it was, oh, his offensive line was so poor. Right. Okay. Uh, it's a team game, right? My, my thoughts. So... You know, to people who say, oh, it's a team game. That, that's my thoughts on that, you know, because let's be honest. 
it is a team game, and that's the main reason why quarterbacks get way too much credit and not enough blame, in my opinion, as I've talked about many a time. But let's talk about the signing. Hunter Henry, uh, they signed Hunter Henry three years, $37.5 million. Here's a guy who, Hunter Henry's main problem is staying healthy. That's really the main thing. If he can stay healthy, he'll be oh, a legitimate force. A legitimate force to be able to go over the middle, command double team attention. He's a speedy tight end. Can run pretty much every route. Um, he's going to give Cam really a, a real opportunity. Jonu Smith is the same way. I think these guys are real similar. Except I do like John U. Smith a lot more, not just because he's healthy, he stays healthier, but because I feel like he's a little underrated when we talk about tight ends. I know that you know being in a run-first system in Tennessee, but Tannehill still utilized him very well. Um, I think you're going to see Bill Belichick recommit to that. I think they're going to be a run-first team with the ability to pass in the passing game. Kendrick Bourne, of course, as a 49ers fan, I love this kid. I was hoping the 49ers would resign him. Very underrated. Um, very good route runner. Consistency is really his only problem because he doesn't miss games. Can he continue to be consistent? He was very con- he was more consistent last year than he was in 2019 when he had a real breakout season. You know, even though he didn't have the numbers last year, quarterback play had a lot to do with that. He's gonna play with a bona fide superstar in Cam. And Nelson Aguilar, another guy who's a very good route runner who had a very good 2020. I like the way he bounced back because in 2018, he was, in 2019, he was really, a lot of people really blame Nelson Aguilar for a lot of the, 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 the issues the Eagles had. He did have some of his own. He definitely had some drops. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he was oh so perfect. But in 2019 or 2020 last year with David Carr, he put up over a thousand yards. He had an outstanding season. This is a great pickup for them. He continues to be consistent. You got two guys on the outside who can play all the receiver positions. I think that's the thing. They still both have room to grow too. So I really like these signings. I really do because these are guys who they may not consistently win one-on-one matchups, but they're still going to win one-on-one matchups a majority of the time. They can sit in the zone. They can beat cover three. Like. I love these signings. Those four guys on offense, man. I mean, Cam is going to have a field day. And then is Edelman coming back? If he is, then now you have the ultimate slot receiver there. So the two tight ends are going to take up room. You got these two great route runners who are never going to face double team. Man, they're going to have some fun in New England next year, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Matthew Judon, a good pass rusher who he got him four years, $56 million. Dietrich Wise, Devon Godshaw. These are signings that are needed on the defensive side of the ball. You got your DT that can run stuff. You got your your defensive end that can they can do a little bit of everything. And then you got your outside linebacker that can rush the passer. Bill Belichick, he's gonna plug the holes. Like I, he was, I promise you, when they watched that offense last year, all they were thinking of was let's get Cam some weapon. You know, I'm I guarantee you. You know, everybody who blamed Cam and said, oh, he's done. He's even I was one who said, look, he didn't look good. But let's keep in mind, he didn't have any weapons. And people are like, oh, but Brady did this and that. Yeah, Brady's been in that system 20 years. So let's relax when we say, but Brady did a little better than Cam, because that's all he did was a little better. When they got to the AFC playoffs, the Titans, who are not a good defense, what'd they do to him? Hit him in their mouth, made Brady uncomfortable, 
took away everything. He, he took away Edelman, right? Who was hurt, but still, you know, and made him comfortable for it. That's what you got to do. But now he has weapons now on the outside. Cam does. I'm sure they're going to draft a quarterback, right? I, I'm sure they are. I wouldn't. That wouldn't shock me one bit. Okay. But things are already looking up for the Patriots next year. They. I also think that. When you look to beat your division, right? They're looking to beat Miami. They're looking to beat uh, Buffalo. Well, what did those two teams struggle with the most? Middle of the field. Tight ends, right? And so now you have to think of it as a, as a chess match. Bill Belichick, I tell you guys, this guy's brilliant. This guy's absolutely brilliant. You have to keep in mind what he exactly is trying to do in terms of opening up the middle of the field. You know, those two teams struggled with tight ends to a large scale last year. So now I'm going to bring in two threats that are going to be able to address that need. And I'm going to tear them up if they don't address that part of their defense. So, hey, give them credit. I think Patriots are going to be right back in the swing of things. If I had to, if I had to pick right now, I'm going to pick Buffalo 1 and the Patriots 2 and Miami falling back to 3 because I don't think 2 is the guy. I really don't. Now, could he prove me wrong? Yeah. But there's nothing I saw in year one that told me that he is the guy. So, the next thing, uh, the Patriots, Patrick Chung uh, decided to retire. Um, he was a really good safety for them for, for a number of years. Uh, and he was working out at Gillette Stadium, but wound up changing his mindset. It's time for him to move on to the next chapter. Uh, you know, give him credit. You know, I think a lot of guys wind up leaving too late rather than too early. And I think the pandemic, what it does to people is it kind of makes you realize what's really important. I mean, I'm sure this is a guy, 11-year career, played with one team. He's got money, you know. He's got money put away. And he, because of his family and, I, you know, his... He has a, a, I believe, a five-year-old that that doesn't have great lungs, and his wife pregnant now, and you know, you 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 have to make those decisions, whatever is best for your family, and he he's done that here, and it, it's gonna be. I don't think it's a major loss because the, the Patriots have, you know, they're pretty they're pretty uh, set in terms of safety, but you know, at the same time. Um, you know, it's still a loss. A guy who's got the experience and everything in the system, and he's won a couple championships with them, you know. Um, you know, it won't be easy to replace that. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, he made that decision, and, and, and I respect him for it. Ryan Fitzpatrick signs with Washington football team. I think this is an underrated signing. I really do. I Let, let me just say this. You guys, I, I you know, obviously I did a couple pods last year, and I talked about Ryan Fitzpatrick, and – I felt like the Dolphins really shafted him. And I hate that organizations do this because they'll have a QB. I mean, they, Kurt Warner, they did it with Kurt Warner and Eli Manning. Kurt Warner is 6-2, and two, and they decide to replace him with Eli. What happens? They miss the playoffs. And you look back and you say, look, do we win a championship? The reality is you'll never know if you could have won a championship. All I know is this guy had your team in a pretty good spot, and you decided – for the sake of the future to basically mortgage it for quote unquote experience that he needed. That's a bad call. And I don't like it. And I've never liked it. 
You know, if the if the starter is playing bad, that's a whole different story. But if you're if you're if you're winning games, why would you take him out? And to me, when you take a look at how the Dolphin season went, Ryan Fitzpatrick had them in contention pretty much the entire season. He literally saved the game against the Raiders, right? Buffalo, he couldn't play because of the COVID protocols, and and that was unfortunate. You know, I don't think they would have beaten Buffalo, but we'll never know because he couldn't play. But I think that this year is going to be all about unfinished business. And if I had to take a guess, I bet you Miami is on Washington's schedule. Let's take a look at their schedule and see. Because I know I would want to play them. Oh, no, they're not. All right. All right. <laughs> that would have been nice. Wow. <laughs> what? Anyway, um, so Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think it's unfinished business. To me, they immediately become the clear-cut favorites in the NFC East. Last year, they really won the division with just okay quarterback play from Alex Smith. Tyler Haneke showed he could play when given the opportunity. Um, wow, I mean, just a whole bunch of cars just pulled into this freaking place that I'm sitting in. But to me, this makes them the favorite. I think they win 10 games with Fitzpatrick right now. They still have to continue to make some moves. They got a good defensive line. Their secondary is starting to get propped up, even though they wound up losing one of their corners. They signed Curtis Samuel, which I think is an underrated signing. I really do. I like the signing because he's another speed guy who can take the pressure off of... um, I got to remember their, uh, Terry McLaurin, <laughs> Terry McLaurin shoulders, who's going to keep facing double teams and triple teams and all that. But I really mm-hmm. like the signing. And the reason I like this signing is because again, he can threaten the defense, not just in, in on, on the route tree and believe me, He's only 24 years old, so his upside is still really high. Uh, but also jet sweeps, that sort of thing. You could put the ball in his hands on screen, and he can make a play. And for a defense that can't really defend in Dallas's, Philadelphia is a complete and total mess. They have no secondary. And then the Giants, though they improved later on in the season, still not what we would consider a juggernaut on the defensive side of the ball. So for me, I like the signing. I, I think that... It's going to pay dividends. Do they need to add a little more? Maybe. But as of now, you got a decent running back. You got a quarterback who has improved his play over the last year and a half. Doesn't make the game-killing mistakes anymore. As a veteran, you have to be able to take that step, right? I mean, if you're going to continue to play in this league, you have to take steps that improve your performance. And I think last year was a typical example of him doing that. He really led that team. And they lost some close games, too. You know, so I we'll see what happens on the other side of it with Miami and Tua. But to me, I like the signing for Washington. I think they're the, the favorites. People talking about, you know, and Dak, we're going to talk about that in a second. But give them credit. I, I like the signing a lot. You know, Heineke, I don't think you could go with him as a starter. But as a backup, 
he might be one of the best backups in the league. So give Washington football team credit. They're, they're on their way in 2021. But, yeah, they're well on their way. Um, they look like a team that, you know, maybe they can contend because when you have a defense that can stop people, quarterback that can make plays, um, and a running game, right, you know, you, you, you have a real opportunity to, to, to make some noise, to make some waves. So looking forward to seeing it. And we move on to the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott signed a, a record four-year, four, four, four $160 million contract. My thoughts on Dak Prescott have been known for a while. Um, I, this is a, a, a questionable signing at best. I didn't think Jerry Jones would do it because you can't, you can't sit here and tell, tell me that the last two years has shown you that he's the quarterback. You you went, you were one in three last year and I know he put up numbers, but he also put up numbers when his team's trailing. I mean, I, I challenge anybody. I'm going to do that myself. I want to I want to see the stats of Dak Prescott when trailing and Dak Prescott when the game is even. Right. And and it's probably staggering. Like. I just don't think he's a franchise quarterback. I've watched how many of his games, probably 40, 50 of his games. I've watched his first three seasons, pretty much every game. Um. And I just, when the, when the running game is going well, he's great. When it's not, I don't think he's that quarterback that can, that can elevate a team. He's shown it. I mean, you've won a division basically twice in five years, right? And you say, oh, everybody doesn't win it. But if he's so elite a quarterback, I mean, think about it. You, Aaron Rodgers, how many times does he win the division, right? How many times did Drew Brees win the division? Even, even as much as I knocked Drew Brees. You know, Brady, I don't count him because, again, weak division for a long time. You know, Mahomes, he wins his division, you know, three years running, right? I mean, if you're that guy, the excuse making has to stop from all these Cowboys fans. Oh, it's it's always somebody else. At first, it was Jason Garrett's fault, right? So then last year happened. They're one and three when Dak gets hurt. But that was definitely all Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan's fault. Like, I'm going to tell you guys one more time. My definition of a so-called elite quarterback is... A quarterback who consistently rises above whatever issues his team may have. So, but maybe more importantly, does it in the postseason. Regular season means nothing. It really doesn't. You're going to face more weak defenses than you are strong defenses in the regular season. That's just the truth, right? So last year, let's take last year as a perfect example. Aaron Rodgers puts up like 50 touchdowns with like four interceptions. But... When they played the Bucks in the NFC Championship game, somehow they magically only scored 23 points. Did Aaron Rodgers rise to that occasion when Tom Brady threw three interceptions in the second half? No, he didn't. In fact, all I heard from people about Aaron Rodgers' performance was... Plenty of excuse-making in there, though. Oh, it was... Uh, it was uh, the coach's fault for the call he made to not go for 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 the touchdown when they got the ball with four minutes to go. Like I said, it's always somebody else's fault. Why, if you've thrown 50 touchdowns during the regular season, do you have 23 points at home in a winner-take-all playoff game? 
Winner goes to the Super Bowl playoff game. You put up 23 points. Who's that on? You can't say that's on the head coach. But that's the problem. Every time it's every time the quarterback fails, it's it was play calling. It was the defense. It was the turnovers. Oh, the defense didn't get the stops that they should have. Right. Yeah, they, they forced Tom Brady to have three interceptions in the second half. They didn't get the stops. Right. Okay, cool. But anyway, let's move on. Um to the next news. Uh, Kevin Zeitler uh, signed with the Baltimore Ravens three years, $22 million. Um, <laughs> the, the Ravens confuse me. Like, <laughs> this guy, you know, uh, he's good. He's good. Uh, he's not great, but he's more run blocker than pass blocker, you know. Um. Let me see. John Johnson to the Browns. Uh, I think this is a good signing. They had terrible safety play last year. Um, John Johnson's a good safety. Uh, They allowed 25 touchdowns and a passer rating of 115 um, on passes of 10-plus air yards. So, yeah, they, they needed somebody who could come in and make plays, and Johnson is that guy, you know. Um, it, it should, they should go do well. Andy Dalton to the bears. I, I <laughs> I'm, I don't know if I'm confused or I, I don't think he's better than Nick Foles to be perfectly honest with you. I know he played well later in the season with the Cowboys, but at the end of the day, Andy Dalton has now relegated himself to a backup. He's not a franchise quarterback. I don't even know if he's an average quarterback. Um, I, I, this is, the, the reason it's confusing to me is I would rather have, I'd rather have Foles and a backup than Foles, Andy Dalton and a backup. Because you're just playing musical chairs here. Trubisky, Foles. I mean, they're they're all the same guy for the most part. Now, Foles in the playoffs lights it up. But if you can't get there, then who cares, right? Dalton had a completion rate when not under pressure of 66.2%, which was 31st in the NFL. His rating was 87.7, which was 29. Nick Foles posted a lower rating in such past situations. That's insane. Oh, boy, I tell you. Leonard Williams, three years, 63 million. Um, He's now the second highest paid guy behind Aaron Donald at his position. Um, He's... He's very good. I, I always wonder about guys who do well in contract years, but not any other. You know, I but at the same time, look, what are you gonna not sign him? I guess, you know, that's that's the theory. So, you know, overall these signings, they make a difference, I think, for each team. Um I forgot to point out Trey Hendrickson. Uh 
for the Cincinnati Bengals. Four years, $60 million. Um, Carl Lawson, pretty much replacing him. Um, but we'll see how he goes, how he does without without Cam Lawson or with Carl Lawson across from him. So, um, good player, but we'll we'll see if he's really one of the great players, right? Um, but also, you know, Deshaun Watson having the allegations against him. The interesting thing is I read an article about the text messages. Um, and they really didn't indicate anything. <laughs> um, again, guys, these false allegation stories, and, and we don't know if it's false. Let me, let me, let me say that we don't know if it's false, but I think there has to be more of a, 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 a fair system when it comes to these allegations, because women have done this and they have done it multiple times in the past and it's burned people you know brian banks is a perfect example of a guy who gets accused of sexual assault they found no evidence of sexual assault not even dna and what happens he loses 10 years of his life in prison he had to register as a sex offender and he was on his way basically to being, you know, maybe an NFL prospect. Now, he winds up signing a contract at 28, but 28 is not 17 and on your way, right? He loses all that time. The lady comes out, meets with him, says that she lied to him. I mean, dude, I, the, the guy who was going to play for, I can't even think of it, but she wound up lying and she said something about that. I mean, look, at some point, our justice system is going to have to change. Now you can say, oh, you're a man. That's why you're saying that. No, I'm saying it has to be fair. I didn't say it has to be one way or the other. It has to be fair. If you make an accusation and it comes out that it was not true. Look, one of the problems is there's no incentive for women to not accuse a guy. I mean, is there a system in place where if it's found that the defendant was lying that, that she automatically has to do jail time or 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 uh, automatically has to to uh, pay a certain amount of money. No, there isn't. And so in these situations where she's the accuser and the guy finds being not guilty, his reputation's already damaged. That cannot be brought back. Right. And the media is a huge part of it because they'll run with the story even before getting all the facts. Right. Oh, he did it. Oh, you know, we, we, we got these accounts and these reports. And then later you find out, well, it was just a joke. In the words of me, like, no, like, like that, that it has to change. And I'm reading these text messages because the attorney was like, I'm going to release the text messages. I'm thinking, okay, this is going to incriminate them. And when you read the text message, because the article's up, I'm not going to go deep into it, but it doesn't, it doesn't even say anything. Deshaun Watson literally asked a couple of questions and then the text messages after he says he apologized for making her uncomfortable. That doesn't tell you that anything took place. That doesn't tell me that he did anything wrong. But this is what I'm talking about with this society. We are so quick to jump a guy when he's accused of something and there's no ramifications done for the accuser. At some point, 
if it doesn't change, it's just going to continue to happen day after day after day. Look up the story on YouTube of the Brigadier General who was supposed to get a promotion and a woman doesn't report it to the police, doesn't report it to the police. Instead, she writes an article accusing him of assaulting her. What was it? I don't know if it was like 15 years earlier, something like that. And she made all these accusations, said that she didn't want to say anything. The timing is always the thing to me that, that I look at first now. When I read these stories about guys who keep getting accused, and I didn't mean to turn this into this, but I'm just saying as part of the subject of Deshaun Watson is accused of these assaults and <laughs> evidence so far has been paltry at best. But anyway, the Brigadier General, or he was supposed to be a Brigadier General, he's about to get a promotion. She comes out, writes this article, basically kills his name, his reputation. He was forced to retire. He basically countersues her, wins it, $8.8 million. The jury found no evidence of, of this being true. The jury, because look, she waited 30 years. That's what it was. I had, to, I had to think about it. But she waited 30 years to come forward. And that, to me, is always the thing. You can't sit here and tell me that if you suffered something that was shocking or that was absolutely just degrading to you that you're going to wait 30 years to, to you didn't even report it you you wrote an article why because she knew what it would do to that guy maybe that guy turned her down maybe that's what happened but we we don't know all we know is she wrote the article he his name was dragged through the mud and fortunately for him he was able to counter sue and win but how many times does that happen? Almost never, basically. So at the end of the day, like, we'll see. We'll, we'll let the, the process play out. But I've seen it happen time and time again where, you know, guy doesn't really do anything, but he's a famous athlete, right? And the timing, you say, I say I, the timing, right? So Deshaun Watts has made it clear he doesn't want to play for the Texans, right? Multiple times. They brought in a backup quarterback to show that or, or or basically a starter to show that he they needed an insurance policy well the timing of it says that either they're about to trade him or they're trying to defame his name before they trade him to me this is a product of the texans you know oh she wasn't affiliated with the texans organization you really think that companies, billion-dollar companies, Bob McNair was known to be a racist owner. You really think that this guy wouldn't go that far because he was so mad about not being able to keep Deshaun Watson? Watson? Come on, man. Like, it just smells dirty. It really does. Timing is everything, man. Like, think about it. We never heard not a word about Deshaun Watson until right this moment when they know they're going to have to trade him because he does not want to play for that awful organization anymore. And all of a sudden, now accusations come out. I'm telling you guys, I'm telling you guys, it's I, the media, it, just not to be trusted. <laughs> it's just not to be trusted. But anyway, that's it for me today, guys. I'm going to get off this pod. I will definitely be back on whenever they have some other news. I forgot to actually mention the 49ers signing Trent Williams to a record six-year, $138 million deal. Big time for them. Can protect Jimmy G's blind side. They also signed Alex Mack this morning. Three-year deal. Starting to revamp that interior line. To me, their first pick in the draft is either going to be an interior lineman or defensive lineman. 
because you win with your line in the NFL. Forget the elite quarterback garbage. We saw how that turned out in the Super Bowl, all right? If you cannot protect, it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the ball, right? So it looks like they're starting to do that. They understand they got to protect Jimmy G. And there you go, you know? Anyway, I will catch you guys next time.